Happen podcast with your host, wellness expert, life strategist, and spiritual bestie, Tristan Noel LeClaire. Hi, guys, welcome to my very first episode of my podcast. I'm so happy that you are listening to this. Um, This is something I've been thinking about doing for a while. And in an interesting twist of events, uh, and just another reason why you should always trust the timing of the universe. It is just now that I am sitting down to record this even and I'm recording it on my phone. I literally bought all of the like the accoutrement, the earphones and the microphone and the and the lighting and everything that I need to do to like make this a professional looking and sounding podcast. And instead I am recording on my phone with no mic because I just want to get something out to you. Um I recently created a reel and it was based on the conscious uncoupling that uh, John and I are currently embarking on, aka a divorce town. Um, And it has gone viral. It has struck a nerve, I guess, within um, our little Instagram community. Uh, I think as I said here, we're at 180,000 views, more comments that I've ever had about anything in my life. And coincidentally, like, out of the hundreds of comments or whatever, I think I've had three negative ones. Um, and me being like little miss sensitive pants, I'm like needing to respond to every comment, positive or negative. Um, so I had a whole plan on what I was going to be speaking about for my first episode and kind of setting the tone, but you might, I might as well speak on what's relevant, right? Which right now is this, uh, apparently the world needs more content talking about divorce in this way, talking about how to keep your family together, um, even though it might look a little bit different, even though you might not be married to your partner anymore, the person that you created the family with. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that we all want to change the narrative and the feeling around divorce. And um, what's become very clear to me is just we all freaking love our kids, man. And it's all about them. And it's all about actually adulting and coming from a place of love, even when it's difficult and trying to make decisions from that place in the, in, in, in honor of respecting these children that we've brought into the world against their will. (laughs) It was our choice to bring them here. And it should also be our choice for, you know, how we decide to raise them and the environment that, that we are cultivating for them to grow up in. Um, Taking responsibility for that, number one, taking responsibility. So what does that mean to me? 
to me, that means that every day, even when it's hard, regarding this marriage that is ending, I'm going to make the best choice for them. And the best choice for them is always to treat their father with respect and love and to work on maintaining a genuine friendship with him. Um, it's not easy and I don't want to pretend like it is. I mean, it, it, there, I know there are, maybe there are some mystical, magical unicorn couples out there that, you know, were completely in but love with somebody, thought they were going to spend the rest of their life with somebody, uh, enough to where they signed a contract, got marriage, had children, bought a home, uh, other properties with this person. And then suddenly, you know, something happens. And when I say suddenly, I mean, you know, a million things happen in a row and years go by. <laughs> And then you're not in love with that person anymore. And the you realize I cannot spend my life with this person, even though I want to, even though I've tried for years, like I've, we've done the counseling, we've done all of these things. Um, and, and maybe there are some people that it's just a switch flips and you're like, no, but it's cool, bro. Like we can be buddies now. Like I have no hard feelings, but I think for the majority of people and myself included, like, and I think I can speak for John too. Like there was pain there. And so it is a conscious decision that, that you are making to treat your spouse in a certain way so that you can move forward as a family, that the family being the keyword. I, when we were going, we were talking about this, when we decided to get a divorce and it took, it took a long time. If you've been following my journey, you know, that something happened uh during the pandemic and my soon to be ex husband went through a terrible mental health collapse and um i had to take our 3 year old and leave 4 days before the world shut down we didn't know it was going to shut down obviously and i wound up having i was you know super pregnant at the time with our second child and I wound up living with my sister and her family for four months. I wound up having our second child without my husband in the hospital um, during a pandemic. It was while well, he was institutionalized. Like this, that part of our marriage is not a secret. I've been very vocal on that, mainly because I was very proud of how we handled the situation after. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> okay. Um, because I still was really in love with my husband at that time. I remember we had a, uh, we had like a virtual baby shower, uh, and I was virtually surrounded by, you know, all these women in my life and they were just trying to love and support me the best that they could as I was about to have this baby. And we knew that John wasn't going to be in the picture at that time. We didn't really know what the future held. I didn't know what the future held. I was terrified of mostly financially. Like, how was I going to support these children? How was I going to create a life for them? Um, because I've been a stay-at-home mom since I had married John with a business that I had run on the side. And so any other coach will tell you that, like, how these businesses work is, you know, you get a boom of clientele. 
and and then you'll just it will just be like dead for like a month or two or three or four you know and then you'll get a boom of clientele and then and and it was okay it worked out for us financially uh when you had another income coming in but when i was staring down the road of like single motherhood i was just i was terrified i mean to me there was literally nothing worse than than what I was going through at that time and finances played a huge role in it. And I also think that my fear surrounding um, finances and also not being there for my kids in the capacity that I wanted to be and in the capacity that I feel best as, as a mother, which is like getting my kids ready for school and picking them up and taking them to their activities and uh, being really present in their day-to-day life and being raised by a single mother. I just always wanted that mom that like came and got you from school and you like made cookies with after school and you could go play uh, in competitive soccer leagues or competitive dance teams because you had a parent that could drive you around to those practices. That was not my childhood. Uh, And I So I had a lot of fear because I just didn't want to repeat that with my kids. I didn't want my kids feeling any type of lack. I wanted to be a very present mother in that way, in a very physical way that if you are a working mother, like you can't, you cannot teleport to two different places at once. Um, And I I know, you know, people that are full-time working mothers and they, I mean, I I have no words. I have no words for the mother who is working 40 plus hours a week or commuting, also trying to get their self-care in and try to be the best mother that they could and probably trying to be the best wife that they could and sister that they could and friend that they could. I have no words. And because I have such respect and because I understand the energy that it, it takes to be that person and what you have to sacrifice to be that person, I had so much fear surrounding that. And I think that's another piece of why I stayed in my marriage and why I worked so hard on my marriage was even though I knew that it wasn't healthy necessarily for me, uh, that I wasn't getting my needs met in the relationship, I was still in love for a long time with someone who could not fulfill those needs. uh, And I also wanted to stay because this motherhood piece. And I know that's why a lot of people stay in their marriage. I know it. So I know that I'm not alone in that one. Um, and then let's not let's not forget that there's a whole other person in this marriage as well that had to make this choice with me and is deciding to do it this way with me. And, and I'm responding this way because I see so many comments just saying that, like, I don't want to say so many. Again, it's been like three negative people and hundreds of positive ones. But uh, you know, m- people saying like, just stick with it. There's highs and there's lows in the marriage. And, um, you know, what else? Oh, you know, this is, this is always the women, woman ending it because, you know, she wants to get dick or something or what, you know, it, it's, it's stupid, first of all, but let's not just pretend that it's me. Yes. I'm the one that made the real with John's permission, actually. Um, and he feels really supported by by everybody as well. Like, 
we really did feel like before I posted this reel, I really did feel like this. I there's like there's books on conscious uncoupling. It's not like you know. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow, I think, invented this term. I'm not even sure, but I. I really did feel like I was pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Like I was trying to rub a genie out of a lamp because I was trying to say that like, we are going to do this differently no matter what. Like he, he does not want his children experiencing the childhood that he experienced. I don't want my children experience the childhood that I experienced where our parents didn't even talk to each other after they got divorced and they went to, you know, if I was in a play, they'd go at different times and, you know, one would take certain activities, the other would take the certain activity. I mean, I never really even, it was just a different time, like never really understanding how that might affect your child, their concept of family and how it's important to see your parents get along. At the very least, it's important to see your parents get along. But we want to take it one step further and we want to be like, no, we actually like love and respect each other. And maybe it's not a romantic love. Maybe it should have never been a romantic love, but we're not, that love can still be awesome. That love can still be safe. That love can, can still be present in our life. And, and we want you to witness that. Um, but back to John. So it's not just about me, right? Let's look at like let's look at his perspective. And I, maybe you know, hopefully he'll come on with me and talk about this with me. Um, you know, and that we've talked we've talked a lot about it a lot because we've gone to marriage counseling forever, uh, off and on, and um, really try to work through it and work on our marriage and try to stay together, especially after what happened during the pandemic. But we're not compatible in a lot of areas. And uh, I think number one being that when we entered into this marriage, I can honestly say that, you know, I was pregnant and we were in love and we knew that we were going to get married anyways. We thought maybe we'd have like a two year engagement as opposed to how quickly everything moved. Um, but we, we didn't know each other as well as we should have to get married. We just didn't, you know, and looking back, you see everything really clearly, you know, but at the time we were just in love. We were just doing what felt right and we were going to have this baby together and we were going to start a family and this was just our story and wow, isn't this romantic? But I had to take a really honest look at myself and realize that I think I was marrying the person that I thought he was going to grow into. And he was probably also marrying an idealized version of me. And so when it came time to have children and I had Wilder and I completely changed as a person in, in, in essence that she became my number one priority and his number one priority became keeping us alive, keeping us afloat, keeping the keeping the money going and paying for, you know, the home we were living in and keeping food on the table and stepping into that role, which I don't think that he wanted to. I mean, I'm not going to speak for him, but I think he harbored a lot of animosity for having to take that role on because he didn't necessarily want to. Um, and once I became a mom, I mean, that became my focus. So that's really all I cared about. 
And we kind of butted heads on that financially for a long time because he wanted me to go back to full-time working and I wanted to continue with my part-time, you know, nutrition and fitness gig and uh, really focus on being a mom. I mean, I was all in. I didn't know I was going to feel that way about motherhood. I didn't know that I was going to have a baby and completely change as a person. Um, But it just wasn't about me anymore. It just became about her and how can I make every moment of her life awesome or a learning experience and feeling loved. And that's just what it was. Uh, And I, looking back, I think we're both in agreement that like, we never really had what it took to last, you know, 65 years together. We just don't have it. And so we're unique. Our marriage is unique. Our situation is unique. Um, Every marriage is different. And I'm really grateful to be going through this experience with somebody who I was in love with and I had children with and I thought was my forever and it turns out that he's not and it turns out that I'm not his forever in a romantic sense but we are forever family and we're both in agreement on that and so when I'm reading these comments I'm just thinking like I've I think I've been really more transparent than the average person in discussing certain aspects about my marriage Um, but some things are private and I think you can kind of understand that if I'm willing to share this, like, but I'm not willing to share everything, what else is there? And what are the other things that we have tried so hard to work on to like stay together as a family? Because we, we were both, both living in such fear about what it would look like to not be together anymore. Um, and all that fear was around how will this affect the children? And so when you hear that expression, like staying together for the kids, I don't know, for me, it never resonated the way that it does now. But when you are trying to stay together for the kids, you're doing everything you possibly can to try to stay together. It's not just some like little comment that you should brush away when you hear that because it's the the depth of what that statement holds. It's pretty crazy. Like you are willing to sacrifice so much of yourself and your happiness. You're willing to figure out whatever you can figure out, work through whatever problems you have, go to therapy, uh, just have the tough talks, do whatever you possibly can because your children and their happiness are so important to you way more important than maybe your own fulfillment in that moment and your own truth in that moment, you're willing to do whatever it takes to stay together. That's where we were at. Uh, And I think because we both were coming from that place, it's a lot easier to get here now, which is, okay, how do we keep everything, not just copacetic, we want a genuine love genuine affection and our children to understand that we like and respect each other um we still want to go on family vacations together we still want to do holidays together when we find new romantic partners we want them to be 
in on this vision that we have. I want the next man that I'm with to get along well and like John. Like, that's important to me. And if he doesn't, he's not my guy, you know? Um, and he feels the same way about whatever woman that he ends up with. And when you've been fighting for so long to try to make something work, when you've been fighting for so long to try to get that person to become the person that you want them to be so that you can have the life that you want, when you finally just are honest and release it, I got to say, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> after living in fear for so long and after feeling so much like sadness and loneliness for so long to be on this side of it, like I'm freaking happy, you guys. Like, yeah, of course I'm a little fearful about what the future holds with finances and things like that. And, um, but like this feels so much more honest to me than it did for the years of trying to shove that square peg in that round hole and try to make my family look a certain way or operate a certain way. My marriage look and operate a certain way when the, the truth is, is like we're now, we're now more our authentic selves with each other than we've literally ever been. And if this is like resonating with you in any way, like, you know, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And if you're the one person in your marriage that feels this way, but you're like scared to talk to your spouse about it, um, plant the seeds. That's what I'm going to say. I wouldn't, uh, normally I'm the kind of person that I just like kick a door down and I'm like, we're having this conversation. <laughs> I don't know how to be any other way. That's just my personality, but I'm not going to recommend that to you. Um, I'd say plant the seeds. I'd say if this is something that you want to enter into as well, and you, this is a journey that you want to go on and the future that you want to have is like the future that I described, the future that I'm trying to make right now with my family, um, plant the seeds and, and just say, you know, like, how are you feeling about us? Honestly, like get a feel, try, try to break it open. Um, have a beer, smoke a joint. I'm, I, pot goes a long way. You, uh, there's a, we've had a lot of great talks, you know, just having a bong rip or two together in the garage and just being buds. And that was before we decided to have actually go forward with the divorce. That was just us having talks of like, where are we at? Like, are we even that? couple anymore that we were are we even like what are we even fighting for where what are we fighting for we're fighting for this family well can we have this family but like not be married like what does that look like um i, I my advice is try to become friends come from a place of friendship focus on like the good stuff my good stuff is when i when i was a I'll end here. <laughs> um, but for about a year, I'd say I've been struggling with this because I knew the marriage was over. I knew I wasn't in love 
in a romantic sense anymore with John. But I also knew 100% that this was the father of my children. And I couldn't imagine them not having full access to him or him not having full access to them. And uh, I also was thinking about my personal relationship with him and like the things that I loved about him. And one thing about us is like we laugh and I can be well, like say the most quirkiest joke and it lands because John gets it and we'll like hardcore laugh together and for me it that's that's a that's a really big deal that's a really big deal humor is a really big deal to me especially if somebody like gets my joke <laughs> um in like a gut-wrenching laughter kind of way and I just remember like kind of mourning that and the idea that that could go away. And I was like, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that kind of friendship that I have with him. So how do, how do we move through this together? And then I did my job of kind of planting the seeds. Like, honestly, I was just like, do you even like, like me? <laughs> like, like, where are we at? That's how the whole conversation kind of started was, I mean, this was years of this, but when we finally got down to the very end of saying like, let's call it, it was really just like, you like me, I like you, but like, this isn't a romantic love anymore. And therefore it's not a marriage. And we've fought, we have fought, we have been to the battlefield. And in my opinion, how we're going about it now is a win. Yeah. Our marriage is ending, but we're being grownups about it. And we're actually finding joy and happiness in the process and we're having all these really tough like naked conversations that are completely elevated and completely far from any kind of conversation I would have ever had with this man you know five six seven years ago and it's all happening right now because I stepped into the fear and I held my hand out and I said I'm doing this. Will you come? And he said, yeah. <laughs> so um, that is my two cents on my what is currently going on with my divorce and my conscious uncoupling. And I just wanted to give a little bit of commentary and a little bit of context because I really appreciate how you have responded and I'm really excited to share this with you. I'm really scared to share this with you. But like the reason I say I'm excited is not like, yay, divorce. Woohoo, this is so fun. Yeah. I say I'm excited because like I'm scared. But like any time in my life that I've embraced the fear and like gone towards something that scared me, it's been like the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I've been something, a lesson that I've learned and I've healed from and I've stepped into my power and I've had these amazing realizations. And it's always because like I've just kind of leaned into what I knew was right, even if it was terrifying. 
And that's what I'm doing now. And that's what I hope to encourage you to do. And as I move through this podcast and the whole reason that I'm starting this podcast um, is because I want people to understand that in all areas of our life, this is just one small area, but in all areas of our life, we have complete control over how it's going to go in the sense that we control our perception, in the sense that if we actually take the time to feel our emotions about something, feel what something feels like, and actually listen to that, we cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong. Your your feelings are your little internal compass that God has given you to show you which path you should go down. And that thing in your life or multiple things in your life where you're just like, mm, like, I just, I just really wish that I could change this, but I'm not going to. I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to put my energy over here because I don't want to deal with this thing. Like any kind of area in your life that you're feeling that kind of tense feeling with, intense feeling with. Like that's where you should be looking. (laughs) That's where you should be fixing. You shouldn't be running away from it. That's the universe telling you like, you got to look over here. You got to deal with this thing because you do have the power to make it go your way. You do. And I want to, I want to, I want to be on that journey with you. I want to give you the tools and the tricks that I have learned along the way working with clients that have wanted to find love or improve their relationship or, believe it or not, improve their marriages, Uh, launch their businesses, all these kinds of things that I've had to work along clients with when they thought that changing their body was the answer, when really that was just that was just one, one step was claiming their body. One step was claiming their body. But the, the real thing that that was like disguised by, like the journey of changing your body and like dieting and um, going through body transformation or lifestyle change regarding your relationship with food and exercise and all that kind of thing. It's just most of the time what I noticed was that that was something that was confusing to them but tangible. Like, I can't really master this on my own, but I can hire somebody else to help me do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to focus on this right now. Uh, When really they were doing that because they thought that through changing their body, they were going to be able to be seen differently in their job, be seen differently by their spouse, maybe even see themselves differently. But you don't really need to do all that. You don't, you don't need to. I recommend it. But you t- I recommend taking ownership of your body and treating your body as the temple that it is. But, but you don't need to change anything physically about you to get what you want. At all. At all. It all starts in your brain with your thoughts and with your heart telling you where to go and what you want. You can make the magic happen simply by desiring it to be so and working towards it and knowing that it's there. And I, I want to give you the tools and I want to show you how it's done. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. Ah, anyways, thank you so much for listening. 
Uh, hopefully this is available on uh, Apple and Spotify. And uh, share it with your friends. Let them know that um, I'm awesome. Obvs. <laughs> they need to listen to Making Magic Happen. And uh, I guess how this whole podcast thing works is you give reviews and then um, other people listen to you. And uh, so if you could do that, that'd be great. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. This has been the Making Magic Happen podcast. To get more information on what you heard today or to book Tristan for coaching workshops or retreats, please visit www.mymindbodygoals.com or follow on Instagram at new underscore Tristanist. Exactly.